Blog Talk Radio. Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die. So speak life. Welcome to the live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. Rodney, are you there with us? Hey, Tammy, I'm here. I'm not hey, sure what was happening. No, I actually, I think you, you you got off to try to get on because I was signing on at the time. Is that what happened? <laughs> I, think, I think so because I was in uh, the studio and then <laughs> somehow my mic got muted. And then I said, well, let me give it some time. And then when it got down to like a minute, oh. I said, well, I said, tell me maybe running behind. So I tried to hop out and, and, and do it again. But uh, but you were signing on at the same time. So it is all good. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, gosh. It's been a long, a long day, but I am doing – I'm tired, but I'm doing good. I – um. Um, had a it's just this corona thing I guess you know it, it's bad but when you when it hits home it's it's it just becomes a whole nother story I guess for you so I woke up this morning to the news that my cousin um 
is is in ICU and uh luckily we got some, some good news right here towards the end of the day that she is she is getting better but still, you know, we can't see her and can't um they they have her, you know, still on the breathing machine and all that. And right now they've diagnosed her with pneumonia, but they're waiting on the test to come back for the virus. And so she's just, you know, unresponsive as far as being up, but they have sedated. So I've been on and off the phone all day with that, and it just kind of takes takes kind of takes the life out of you, you know. So and that's why mm. I try to stay away from it as much as I can. And then my yeah. God, daughter, you know Brooklyn. Well, you you probably feel like you know Brooklyn, but her uh, <laughs> her aunt has it, and one of her aunts passed from it. So it's just been it's just been one of those those days. I'm telling you, it's just been one of those days. So, but uh, still here and pushing forward and ready for tonight's show. Um, I'm gonna turn it over to you because I know we have. Um, a special guest on tonight, and and we'll just take it, and y'all just um, hang with us tonight. Thank you guys for for joining us, and we've got a great show, and ready to give you what we have. So right now, I'll turn it over to you, and we'll get it going, and just go from there. All right. Uh, before I, before I introduce tonight's guest and bring him on, um, I want to share this, Tammy, um, pertaining to the coronavirus. Um, and, and and how we we handle it. It is, um, I, th- I think you worded it perfectly. It it means something different when it hits home. And um, over the past few weeks, I've seen a lot of um, posts on social media. Um, I've watched a lot of. Um, news conferences, whether it be from um, from the president or whether it be from the governor or governors, because I've seen, you know, a few. Um, but I think that, you know, however you feel about um, any politician, I think that we have to understand that this is serious. And you know, this is a conversation that we have to have, unfortunately, all the time in that, you know, things are taken lightly or it doesn't mean as much until it comes knocking at your front door. And, you know, over over the weekend, um, Tamari and I were driving to pick up Nadia and we were on a very popular highway um here in northern virginia well not maybe not highway but road or whatever you want however you want to describe it very popular road and um we drove by a park and the park was closed and there were barricades and everything and we thought that there was a funeral or something maybe there was a church nearby because of the way that the cars were lined up along this highway. And because people couldn't turn into the park because of the barricades and and park their cars, you know, inside like they normally would, they were determined that because the weather was decent, they were going to go to this park anyway. 
And so the people parked along the road had to be at least 50 or 60 cars, maybe even more. And we saw people coming out of the park, going into the park. And we we, we were just in awe the fact that regardless of the number of directives or warnings that we've gotten, people just refuse to comply. And then um, not far from here, three hours away from here, um, down in Virginia Beach, it was the same thing. People were just at the beach because it was so nice. And so um, I started thinking, in addition to last week when we talked a lot about, um, you know, growth um, and things like that, I started thinking, you know, one of the things that keeps us back, well, maybe more than one, I'm going to go with two, ignorance and selfishness. And mm. I think that whether we like things or not, whether we understand things or not, the best thing for us to do is not be judgmental and understand that there's always a bigger picture and a reason behind these things. Um, the gentleman who is on with us tonight, he's been on with us before. Um, I met him in a uh, basketball group on uh, Facebook. Um, so I get to talk to him, uh, you know, a lot about sports. But also, um, he always has very enlightening um, and thought-provoking things to say about various topics. And so um, he had... Uh, posted something last week, and I said, you know what, we have to get him back on the show um, soon, and so I believe uh, this is his number, so Tony Edgefield, we want to welcome to the show. Um, Tony, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's you or not. It sounds like there's some noise or static in the background. Uh, how are you feeling, baby? I'm feeling good, man. I've been in the house but I'm feeling good. <laughs> it's, it's been it's been challenging. It's been challenging um working from home when I'm used to being out and about, but yeah, I'm I'm being compliant. <laughs> um so I kind of want to uh cuz I know you have some thoughts about everything that's that's going on during this time too. So I want to kind of just turn it over to you um and you can introduce yourself, tell more about yourself. And then kind of, you know, just go into thoughts that are going through your mind um, during this time. Okay. Um, my name is Tony Edgehill. I actually work for Montgomery County government. Um, been working for the county for almost 22 years. And play basketball. Of course, you know, I'm in the basketball group of Basketball Minds. Um, and been, you know, now I'm a Zumba instructor also, so I'm pretty busy. But, uh this, I have, you know, I'm 55 years old. I've never, ever experienced anything like this in my entire life with the coronavirus, the deaths. It has hit home for me, too, because one of the guys I played basketball with, um, Lee Green, he passed away last week. He played at St. John's University in the 90s, and I, when I was in school, I used to go home. We used to play basketball, and we played a lot of pickup with all these guys, and he used to play all the time. He was a police officer, New York City police officer. He's 49 years old. He's going to be 50. And I just, it blew my mind that he passed away. Um, mm. I was I was blown by it 
because I I just thought like wow, you know forty nine fifty that's young, you know he's yeah. not even he's in the second part of his life getting ready to get to that third part of his life where he's going to retire in maybe ten or twelve years, you know from doing something else because he was a retired police officer, so. Um, this this thing doesn't discriminate and what's mind blowing to me is to watch the people at the beach having the pastor open up a church and have a thousand people in there uh, Jerry Falwell opening up Liberty University and they had to shut it down because there's a bunch of kids that got coronavirus already there's 12 or 13 of them and it's probably going to be a lot more Mm. That was reported. And I'm like, these folks have lost their mind. Um, they need to really take this serious. And it's, and it's selfish, as, as uh, Tammy said. It's selfish because when you, when you know what the directive is, when you know what, what the uh, governor said from, from Virginia, what the governor said from Maryland, what the uh, mayor said in D.C., and you still go out and do whatever you want, I don't get that. But my pay, my main thing with the guy at Liberty University, Jerry Falwell, where he talked about it's their right, they pay a lot of money. There's got to be a thought that it can't be always about money. It has to be more about common sense. And if they're telling you, mm-hmm. if Dr. Fauci, Fauci is telling you, this, and he's a leading infectious disease person from NIH, and if he's telling you that this is a problem, you can't do this, and you go ahead and you're just ignoring what this expert's saying, you said it, Rodney, are they ignorant or are they or are they just uninformed? I would take it another step. I think it's beyond ignorance. I think it's arrogance, and I think it's somewhat stupidity that you would go out there and do something like that and put yourself in harm's way. But not only that, if you got grandparents and kids or whatever, you're putting other people in harm's way. And mm-hmm. I don't get that. I do not get the the me, me, me mentality of, well, I'm going to do it and I don't care. You know, as the one kid said so brazenly on TV from spring break last week, well, if I get corona, I get corona. I'm <laughs> looking at this guy like, really? I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, Really? So if you get corona, it's about you. I'm going. I'm here on spring break. I I, I deserve this. I deserve this break. I'm going to have fun. That was his mentality. And Tony, we have a lot of people with that mentality. Should we? Sorry to mean to cut you off. Should we be surprised though, considering the fact that, you know, people. I, I don't know, and, and I'm I'm younger than you are, um, but people have always had that mentality in that I'm going to do what I want to do um, even if I know differently or even if I know that it is not beneficial or helping me in any kind of way. For example, you know, you, you talk about, um, you know, you can, you can talk to people about um, let's, let's take Jordans for an example. Yep. You could talk to people about how much it costs to make the Jordans or how much the people who make the Jordans get paid you know, and how, you know, $200 is way too much money to be paying for a pair of sneakers. And they'll say, they'll sit there and you can give them all the data and all the facts and they'll say, well, 
I'm going to buy them anyway. Should, should we really be surprised by the behaviors and the mentality that we're seeing from people today? Um, no, because um, I hate to say this, and they don't. people don't like me saying this, but it's the truth. I think my generation has raised mm-hmm. a bunch of kids and a bunch mm-hmm. of people who are very entitled, who are very spoiled, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. all about them. But their parents, when you meet them, I again, I don't like saying this, but it's the truth. They are like that. So where are they? They get in the mentality. It's coming from home, because you can't tell me that if Liberty University, if my child went to Liberty University, and this guy says he's going to open the school back up, my child is not going to the school, not in this health mm-hmm. crisis. There's no, and that's where I said as a parent, you know, my job, my job is, as a parent is to parent you, not to be your friend. And if you want to make a decision, and don't get me wrong, when I was 18 through 22, I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of dumb young mistakes when I think back at them. But my mom would have never let me, or my dad would have never let me have gone to school with this kind of health crisis. They're going to be like, you stay, you're behind in the house. And right. you're going to stay here and do this until then. And I don't think there's enough people who do that, who t- tell their parent, or their parent is telling their child, well, you know what? You know, it's your right to go to school. No, it's your right to make sure that they're okay and that they're safe. You putting them in an environment where there's a big, huge gathering of people, that's not safe. And the fact that a church pastor opened up his church in Tampa, Florida, and had a 1,000 people in the church, how many of those people walked out of there with coronavirus? Because mm. somebody in there had to have it at a 1,000 people? Yeah. Went against the ordinance of, of, of what they said. That, you know, you can't have more than, I think, 50 people down there, whatever it was. I think this is crazy, and it's really, really sad that there are some people who have put their own health in front of their, you know, it's like it's about me. I'm gonna, if I get sick, I'm okay. No, you're going to spread that. Right now, we've bypassed China ridiculously. We had 800 deaths today, 800 from this virus, and it's going to get worse. You know, it's going to get worse. But I have another question real, for you, but I want to get Sammy back in here. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Tony. But we we got to really take a, we, we take our lead from the person who's in charge. Let's be real about that, too. You know, the person yeah. in charge basically had this information since January 20th, and he downplayed it. The president of the United States just downplayed it. He downplayed it. He downplayed it. He didn't say, oh, it was a hoax, this, that, and the other. And by, you know, by the end of February, early March, it exploded here. So it's a sad situation. I agree with that. Tammy? Um, Hey, Tony. Welcome back, and thank you for coming back on with us. Um, You've made some great, great points. Now, I want to go back to the kids being entitled. I think, Rodney, your question was, should we be surprised? And I think, Tony, you said um, that our generation, we've, we've raised some kids that um, feel entitled. I, I want to go back to why do you think it came to the point where we started to raise children 
um, that that have has ended up this way in this manner with the self with 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 disrespect not just for themselves but for um, elders and just the world in in general just a total disrespect not all of them for sure but even no. as I think about about me you know my, I'm closer to your I'm your age basically. And I think about the reverence I had for my elders um, back then. You know, some things, even if I was thinking about doing them, I wouldn't have wanted it to be out there. And they're so generous with the information about what, when, where, how, they don't care. I see young girls posting their bodies on Facebook like it is nothing to them, nothing. And so what do you think happened to get us here? I can tell you this. I think that some of a lot of us thought our parents were too tough on us. And don't get me wrong. Um, my mom was very hard on, on, on me and on us, and she had to be. She wanted to make sure that we made the right decisions. She wanted to make sure that we knew that it was coming from a place of being, you know, it was coming from a good place. And it was it wasn't easy sometimes to hear that, but um, I will say this: that from our generation, um, I think we wanted to be easier on our kids, and I think that we wanted to teach to raise them the way we would have liked to be raised. And I think that sometimes in the fact that our parents had to work so hard to to earn the money they were earning, because they were that generation that was. And I'll share this. Um, you know, my parents are immigrants to this country, you know, and my dad came here in 1959. My mom came here in 1960 from Panama. And um, the way they raised me, they wanted me, they wanted me to have a better life than they did. And they came here for a better life. And when they went out there and they worked their tails off, they they made me see that work ethic. And they pushed me hard. But I watch my cousins now who have children, and we are a little bit, honestly, a little bit easier on our kids. But we still push them, but we're a little bit easier than what our parents was. Like I said, my mom was really tough on me at times. I thought she was crazy. But <laughs> but I think that when I look back at it now and I find myself quoting a lot of the things that she said, I told her one day, I said, I sound like you. Because I keep thinking of the things you taught me. And she's like, well, I, I'm glad I raised you well. And that was the most important thing. But I think there's a lot of people, and it doesn't matter. I just think a lot of people was really, really not tough on their children anymore. They were because they had more opportunities. And I'll share this example that somebody told me one time. They said that the people who grew up in the era of, let's say, because we're in the South, segregation, right? And I'm, I'm listening to them, and I talk to them about it. And the one thing that they said to me, which was interesting, was that when they got out of segregation, they had more opportunities, and they wanted their children to always see those opportunities. So they raised those children, but their children saw some of this, but not the segregation. They, they kind of, I wouldn't say hid it from them. But they, they tried to ease it with them. And then as as they got older and they had children, 
their children couldn't couldn't relate to what that was and what the how hard they had to work because there were more opportunities for them. So they felt like, okay, this is an opportunity, but they don't realize the people who died, the people who went to jail, the people who fought hard for people to have those rights. And when I, again, when I talk to those people and how much they had those rights, I, I know somebody who just celebrated his 100th birthday. And I talked to him yesterday. yesterday. He, he called me and I talked to him. Um, his name is Mr. Harvey Ziegler, very good man. Um, has done so much from he was born 1920 in Maryland and just a lot of the things. And he said to me, because he, you know, he knows his grandchildren and all that other stuff, he says, man, they got it so easy compared to how hard I had it. And I'm glad they do. But he said, but Tony, they forget how hard it is. And I feel like my daughters, this is what he said to me, didn't raise them as tough as I raised them. I said, well, it's a different time, Mr. Ziegler. He said, I understand that. But they also need to understand that it's not this easy and everything just doesn't come to you when you want it to. And I was like, wow. I was like, that that really put things in perspective for me. So I think that a lot mm-hmm. of the people, a lot of kids, they don't understand how hard it was. For I don't I, – I, I didn't understand how hard it was for my mom, you know, and, you know, I was blessed to have a mother and my father, you know, even though they were not in the same household, but were, but they were divorced at the time. When I, and I mean, I was still growing up. They were able to both say, say to me, no, this is what you need to do. And they both gave, they both forced me to learn certain things and understand that this is not easy. This is not, this is, you're not entitled to this. You know, I had a job when I was 14 years old. <laughs> you know, my mom's like, Mom, I'm not old enough to work. She said, go work with your father. <laughs> and she made me go work with my father. You know, I had, you know, I had an allowance. And once I had a job, she took away my allowance. She said, you got your own money, you spend it. If you want something, save up, you do that. It's just little things. And I don't think we do that because we we wanted to give our kids what we didn't have, but we had, and our parents protected us from a, a lot of that stuff. But we needed to be, I think that we needed to be a lot tougher. I don't think our this generation is mentally tough enough sometimes to deal with what the world has to ha- to offer it. And the world is unforgiving, as we know. So, mm. But that's my thought about it, of why I think our kids are are mentally they think they're entitled to everything because they really never had to work as hard as our parents did. And we did. And we didn't work. We worked hard, but we wanted to give them everything. I'm glad that Tammy, I'm glad that Tammy asked that question. It's funny because um, uh, that's the the question I was going to ask you, uh, ask you next, but I love your response. And it made me think about, um, there's there's a part in my um, my first book, Tired of Being Black, that basically talks about how we only wanted rights when we didn't have any, and how yep. you know we fought yep. for the the right to go to school, and now you have to fight us to get us to go to school. You know the same yep. thing with sitting in the front of the class or the bus. Same thing with with voting, and 
I think we are kind of in that predicament right now in that we took, and Tammy and I talked about this a little bit last week, we took everything for granted from being able to watch sports all year long. Yep. Um, from being able to, from being able to do simple things like leave the house and go to work or leave the house and go to school or drop the kids off at daycare. So many Correct. privileges we enjoyed um just as US citizens or just as people, you know, um so many so many things that we had that were just you know, it seems like in a blink of an eye were stripped away from us. And Yep. Going back to the mentality, you know, that we were talking about earlier, you know, some people um, just don't get it. And I don't know if they truly want to get it. Like, this this is a, this is a serious time. And, and, and Tammy and I were talking about uh, last week about where things will go or how things will be, um, you know, once this is all over. Um, Tony, where do you where do you think um, where do you think society will be? Let's say you know maybe June, July, August, maybe even December. Whenever this is all over um, and we can go back to our normal lives, where do you where do you think people's mindsets will be? Do you think this will make people more appreciative, more grateful, or do you think we'll see more of the same? I think we'll see more of the same because I think. Right now, like you said, people are still not getting this. And because they're not getting it, they just feel like, oh, I'll just go out there and just do whatever. And you're seeing that. And when this is over, is there, some of the people, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, this is a blip in the road. And there's going to be a lot of people like you and I are going to look back and say, wow, I can finally go back to being able to live a normal life. I'm blessed. And I'll keep mm-hmm. moving forward. And there's going to be a lot of people who are not going to feel that way. They're going to be like, oh, well, I'm entitled to do this as I want to anyway. To me, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But well, we're going to see, I, think, I don't think we're going, to see, we're going to see more of the same. I think um, it's going to get worse. I think that um, we have a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of people who really doesn't, don't understand the ramifications of their actions. And if they do get if they do do something that is uh, detrimental, they're like, well, it's their fault, not mine. And that's crazy to me when you say, well, that's their fault. How is it their fault if, it, if it's something that you did? But that's our, that's our mentality. It really is. And it's sad that that's the mentality that we see. Well, it's your fault. I, ain't gotta, I don't have anything to do with that. And then, yes, you do, because you're the one that caused it. But it's really their fault. They made me cause it. How did they make you cause something that you did? And But that's what you're thinking with the mentality. And, again, well, I'm going to do what I want to. I'm going to go ahead and do this when I want to, and nobody can tell me any better. I've had people tell doctors that people were sick. Well, I don't believe I'm sick. Really? They just diagnosed you with being sick, but they, you told them they're not sick. Well, we need you to take this medication. I don't want to take that medication. Mm. It's a mentality. It's it's crazy. They're the expert. It's like the same thing with Dr. Fauci. I'll say this: he went out and he told everybody when Doc, when when President Trump was saying, um, "Well, 
this is okay. We don't need to, you know, we're going to be fine. And he's like, no, we need to social distance a lot longer. Well, we'll be going by April 12th, by Easter. And Dr. Fauci said, no, we're not. This is going to take several weeks to figure this out. And he got annoyed. He's the expert, and he got mad at the expert for telling the truth. And that, that's, but, that, but, that, it, but he takes, a lot of people take that lead. You know, mm. a lot of people take that lead. And a lot of people, if you're not, if they're not getting instant gratification, instant satisfaction, instant uh, praise, mm. they feel, they feel down. They feel, they feel downtrodden. They feel upset. I don't get it. I really, I really don't get that. I don't understand. Well, I need to have this now. You know, it's why people live above their means. It's why people do the things they do sometimes. And it's about them right now. You know, you can't tell me that you didn't know that coronavirus was bad and you walked into that church with a thousand other people. And God tells, yeah, we go into church and worship God, but I don't think he told you to rest your health. (laughs) I don't think, I don't see any of that in the Bible. I've never seen that. You know what I'm saying? Actually, actually, in the Bible, it talks about obeying the laws of the land. So it's the law of the land is to stay in the house. And, you know, there, there is a part of the Bible that talks about that. I'm going to tell me, do you have any questions at, at, at this moment or any, any comments? Um, I'll save them towards, for the end. Okay. Uh, Tony, I know I know that you are a um, a, a Zumba instructor. Um, have you been doing any uh, Zumba during this time, like maybe like online or something like that? And um, if so, how can people, um, you know, reach you or find um, access to that? And then um, I also want you to talk about um, what are some ways that um, people can. Um, stay positive during this time or what are some things that people can work on? Um, how can people, you know, maintain their sanity, especially, you know, we have a lot of people who are working from home. Now we have people who are working from home and, you know, trying to uh, take care of the kids because the kids are out of school um, and just trying to balance those things. How can we, because we, because there's no uh, right now, there's no end in sight. You know, it's not like, you know, we got, two feet of snow yesterday, and we know that, you know, depending on the weather, we could be out of this next week. Um, but while we're in this, what can people do um, to make it an easier time for them and their families? Well, to answer your first question about Zumba, um, I will have a virtual class. I'm planning on trying to do it on Saturday. I will post the information online. And online, it would be on my, my, my Zumba page. I have two of them, which would be uh, on Instagram. is called Tony Salsa Prince. And then on um, my Facebook page, is, is, uh, and they can like both pages, it's uh, Zumba Tony Salsa Prince. Um, and they can go on there, and they can like my page, and I have everything posted of what we're doing. And... Um, I'm trying to do a virtual class on Saturday. I'm trying to decide whether I want to do it at 11 or 12 o'clock. So I will post that whenever I get it done. I've been working on some new choreography, which I know my class would love. I've been practicing it pretty hard. So I'm I'm not ready to do it because it's a lot of fun. It's different, but it's going to be different because I'm so used to having a class and interact, interacting with them. 
and unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to interact with my class. I'm going to be like, <laughs> so I'm going to be talking, acting like I'm, you know, having. I'm going to have a great time, of course, but I'm going to be like looking at the, at the camera and trying to get them engaged, but not able to see them. <laughs> that is going to be weird. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be like, you know, hey, you know, say hey, and know, I'm like, okay, they ain't saying hey because they can't, they can't see me, but they can't hear me. I mean, they can't, but I can't hear them. So. They'll hear me, but I can't hear them. But um, gotcha. for us to be socially safe, that's the best way to teach the class. So that's my goal and my plan. Um, I'm going to post it tomorrow on face on my on my page. Um, it's with an app called Zoom for Zumba instructors that we use, and for other people, or I should say, Zoom instructor for instructors, for fitness instructors. And we'll go on the app, and it'll be a, a minimal fee. My, probably I think five bucks um, that I'm going to charge for it. Um, which is nowhere near what I would normally get, but it's I don't it's not about that for me right now. It's about us having some healthy fun. My my classes have been texting me like, when are we gonna get this done? Soon, I promise. So I told them this week. So because they said they've been home two and a half weeks and they're going crazy. Uh, to answer to your second question, um, you know I, I laugh about the kids being home. And I just think about the parents who didn't think their kids were bad. They've now seen that at home. <laughs> <laughs> what they learned is that what their teachers told them they were right. <laughs> but um, seriously, but seriously, I know that some people are going stir crazy sometimes being in the house, and you're you know you're around the same people all the time. And one of the suggestions I would say is, like they said, you are allowed to go for a walk as long as you're with your kids. Don't go too far because they're not going to let you go through parks or trails or stuff like that. But they'll let you walk a little bit. Um, or you can mm-hmm. just go out in front of your build, your house or building and just get some air and just be okay with that. Um, the, uh, I, I know being in the house can be challenging because it can be mentally like you feel like you're around the same four walls all the day, every day. Um, I get it. Um, I do want to go out and I do go to the grocery store once a week, um, which is, was it, I'll just say that was an interesting thing that, um, and I just say this is that they had no toilet paper, but we had a lot of soap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's a strange concept. You got no toilet paper, but you got a lot of soap. <laughs> or sanitizer. I, I thought about that. I was like, wait a minute. I can see so I can get soap here all day, but I can't find toilet paper. And I didn't need any, but I just looked around. And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> I think it, so, I think that speaks to I think that speaks to the men, the mentality of, of of us as people, um and and not you know the three of us per se but just you know people in general you know you think about like even now, like you said like and, and I even think about the the guy down in Tennessee who bought seventeen thousand uh, bottles of hand sanitizer. I know his intention was to sell it. But you of know, we, we don't you know, we don't we don't think about things and like you said, we 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 don't understand the struggle because, you know, it is being passed down from generation to generation, well, you know, I want my kids to have what I never had. But instead of, you know, um 
instead of thinking about, well, my parents couldn't afford name brand shoes and clothes, so I want to do that for my kids. No. Did you have a library in your house? Did you have a bookshelf of books? No. So if you did not have that, why not give that to your child? Like, you didn't have that. So if you're trying to give your kid things that you didn't have, then why not give them things that are of more value? Like, those tennis shoes are going to need to be replaced in a few months, especially the kids are wearing them every day to school and they're outside playing. Those are going to need to be replaced. But those books, those books, they can keep for years and even pass those down um, to their kids. And so I think that, you know, you know, this, uh, that was a great example of just the mentality of, of people today. I mean, I remember, so my last day of school was March the 12th. And I remember, um, I remember uh, hanging out with a friend after work, and then I went into Target, same thing, no toilet paper, no paper towels. Um, I went into Total Wine and grabbed a couple of cigars, and then I remember, like, I wasn't even worried about toilet paper, paper towels, right? So I get to um, McDonald's because my wife wanted McDonald's, uh, something from McDonald's for, for dinner, and it was a young guy, you know, in the drive-thru, and he said, yo, where did you find toilet paper? He's like, I can't find it anywhere. I said, the place where you guys never look, 7-Eleven. <laughs> this guy was toilet paper. <laughs> you know, but, 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 you know, people don't think of places like that. And maybe people are, you know, maybe just people are just, you know, too good for 7-Eleven toilet paper. It works just the same to me. <laughs> but, you know, things that people don't think about. And for me, in my family, what we were concerned about was we have a one-year-old daughter, so just making sure that, like, she had enough diapers and, you know, and you know wipes and making sure that we had enough, like, food just in case we did have to stay completely in the house. Um, but, you know, just thinking about those things, we were not thinking about, you know, and I, I told my wife, I said, if it comes down to it, there are plenty of ways that I can wipe my behind if need be. And yep. so, like, we don't know because we haven't been through <laughs> the struggle. And, I mean, I was talking to oh, my wow. sister-in-law on Sunday, and or maybe it was yesterday, I was talking to her, and we were just talking about how kids are not even prepared for school. They're not pre- prepared when they go to high school. Uh, because she was asking me, and I had a few people ask me, well, what is going to happen to the kids? Like, are you guys just going to pass everybody? Or, you know, what's going to happen? Like, kids are going to be behind. And I said, this is new to you all. This is not new to us. Like, ever since No Child Left Behind, kids always get promoted, whether they earned it or not, whether they are ready or not. And up up until uh, they get to high school, we automatically promote kids. Like, it is such a hassle to retain a child. And, you know, so if, if you're worried about kids starting off next year behind, we're not because this is what we have to deal with. Every year we have to every year we have to worry about catching kids up and getting that, you know, reading on grade level and being able to do things in math, you know, in in sixth grade that they should have figured out in third grade. Like 
you know, just things like that 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 are just absent, you know. And so, you know, we talked about how college, how kids are leaving high school, getting diplomas, and then they get to college and they're like, what in the world? You mean I actually have to go and do some research? You mean I have to actually sit here and write a three-, four-, five-page paper? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, and the subjects and verbs have to agree, and they're so lost until they start to, you know, leave college. And I'll say this, and then I'll turn it uh, turn it over to Tammy. Um, a friend of mine and I were uh, we were in, we were in Vegas and we were watching a game on on the and it was Bowling Green, and we were trying to figure out where Bowling Green, you know, State University was, and we were both wrong, and it was in Ohio, and it's in Ohio. What caught, yeah, what caught my attention though was when I looked it up, the graduation rate came up, and it said something like 52%. And I was like, that can't be what? right. Like, But if you look up, if you look up, and I think that that's somewhere around the national average. Like, I even looked, I went to Norfolk State, and theirs is like 33%. And I think that they're wow. basing it on the kids who actually enter as freshmen and, um, you know, who don't finish in four, four years or whatever it is. Um, I think that's what it's based on. But, you know, those are the things that I think we do not value as much in this country. We don't value education as much as we should. We don't value money as much as we should. We don't value um, our our health as much as we should. We put so many other things, um, you know, above uh, those things that, that should be a priority. Uh, Tim, I'm going to turn it over uh, to you before we go back to Tony. I'm, I'm going to start right there where you and I and I work my way back up. But we don't value people don't value who they are. They don't value themselves because it's it's difficult to to value anything or anybody if it does not if it's not already in you if it doesn't start with you. And so one of my questions, and I'll put it out there, but before I have you guys answer it. Um, I want to go, one of my questions is, what do we do? What do you tell um, the mothers and the fathers who are listening and maybe have that uh, 16 to 21-year-old, if that's a a good gap there, a good um, age range, and then the toddler, you know, anywhere from your your newborn to your 5-year-old, what can we tell them? so that they don't get in the trap um, that we, we find ourselves in now. So that's, that's one question. Like how do we, we, how do we range it? And then what do we do according to those ages to prevent what we have produced now? But before you answer, I want to go back to Rodney. I think you mentioned about the toilet, toilet tissue and there's so many things you can do if you run out of toilet tissue. I told one of my cousins, I guess maybe a week and a half when it kind of started where we were going to be put in the house. I was like, dude, you can always, you know, brown paper bag. When you go to the grocery store, just ask them for a few extra brown paper. The paper bag, not the plastic. And he said, for what? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean for what? <laughs> I mean, and, and, and I'm, I'm, you guys are laughing, but he could not, even after I explained it, it did not register. And as Tony was talking, I thought about how entitled people are 
they're entitled, they feel they're entitled to everything, but they're prepared for nothing. I don't think we will ever be what we consider normal, but I didn't think it was normal before we got here. If Rodney, if you know, I've been saying we're going to wake up with padlocks on our door. And if we think about it, we're in a time where you can't go to the store and buy what you want. You can't go to the store when you want because our, our main grocery store here now closes at 9 o'clock. And going in there, I could only buy two packages of meat if I wanted to. And so there's so much limited. And if we sit down and listen, which I I don't do often just because I, I it's hard for me to li- sit and listen to our president. It's just really hard. Like I, I watched a little bit today and I see them not keeping their, their distance from each other. They don't have on masks. They don't have on gloves. They're just, I mean, it's just a level of disrespect all over. So the day that I found out that he was allowed to run, like this is, this is on a whole nother level. If someone who is not prepared, not in any way, not in any way prepared or um, equipped to run for president. He has nothing that qualified him to do so, yet there he is. Even the people that voted him in are so selfish till they can't even say, I made a mistake here. Because yep. it's clear that this is not this is not a person that should be our president, period. Black, white, blue, mm-hmm. if he was a black man, I would say you should not be standing there as our president. So I go back to, and I know I'm saying a lot, so don't forget the question because I, once I, I'll be done after I get this. I go back to the word imagination, and I'm going to take it back to our kids because the minute I heard the kids are bored, I'm like, bored? Y'all are children. What are you bored about? Why are you bored? You are a child. I remember waiting on my grandmother's. I, I'm so serious. Like bored. Okay, let's. Because I, I could. I could think of a lot of things we could do, and bored would never come out of your mouth again. You'd be ready to go back to school because there's so much you you we can do around this house. But I'm so serious, you guys. And I'm. I, I remember waiting for my grandmother's. J.C. Penney's and Sears catalog for the date to run out. Like, so she's done with her ordering and buying. Now I can have this, and now I would cut. I, that was my dolls, my, my paper dolls. I would take her shoe boxes that she has now upgraded, and those be. And I build houses. I and so furniture. I mean, had a washing machine, but for me to know I needed a washing machine and a dryer, then I needed to know what those things are and what they do. You got some kids don't know how to push a button and turn a washing machine on. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, I had a young girl tell me that she goes, this is exactly what she says, she goes to the store and just keep buying new underwear because she don't like to wash. So she just got a whole lot of underwear. Look, girl, really? Oh, my really? goodness. Like that's what wow. I'm serious. Like at at, at 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 um this is this is what they're and and they think that this is smart. They think that they know they got it. Like we got it. We've made it. And they are like rocks. They are the most dumb. They're like a bag of rocks. 
and when it comes to the mind, prepared for nothing. And so we are we normal will not be again. And and they're so the rocks that I'm talking about, they don't see it. They are still the ones that I'm still going to party, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Because there are certain back in my day, there's certain things that grandmother and granddad said that you just didn't question. When it like when it's raining, the Lord's doing his work, sit down. Whether that's true or not, we sat down. We had some reverence and some respect. And so the, our young people are missing that. But like Tony said, this, that, that generation of parents, most of them have missed it as well because they are bored as well. Like they can't yep. sit down. They are rocking and dropping on Facebook more than the children. So they are doing what they are seeing. And mm-hmm. so what do we do? Where do we go? How do we get back? We're at a place where if your relatives, like my cousin, we can't go and see her. If I wanted to drive down to Georgia to see her, I cannot go in and see her. There are people who have not seen their parents in nursing homes for three, four weeks because they're saying no one in, no one out. Yep. The because control unfortunately, because unfortunately the nursing homes and the senior facilities are a hotbed mm-hmm. for the coronavirus. Right. Mount Airy right. just had 66 cases on Sunday. Of coronaviruses mm. up in Mount Airy, Maryland. So that's recent. Wow. And see, my cousin who's in the hospital now, she worked at a nursing home. She worked with elderly people, mostly elderly people. And so you think that's one person, but that could be 50, 60 more. Mm hmm. That we don't know about. Just like you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm coming home Sunday, and there's a parking lot full of people, all who have Camaras, parked in, in the parking lot, just socialized. They're just hanging out. They're, not at, they, they're in a parking lot, in a skating ring parking lot, showcasing their cars, getting their cars washed. I'm like, but you don't want to go to work. If they send you back to work, you're going to raise hell. But you're out here with your tires and your mag rims shining, but you want that check. You want that check to come, and you don't want to go back to work. It's crazy. Mm. <clears throat> wow. So the question's out there. What do we do? Uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Tony uh, answer first, um, and then I'll go out to him. Tony, uh, did you remember the question? No. <laughs> um, so I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Um, and Tim, you can tell me because uh, I, I I just paraphrase. But how do we prevent children? Mm-hmm. I remember you said sixteen to twenty one, and 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 then you uh, mentioned you know newborns. Um, you know, but basically, how do we prevent children from repeating these same mistakes? And 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 how do we? Uh, what do we tell them? I think that the newborns, I think it has to start from them. You have to get them when they're really young. If they're, if you haven't, how did my mom just say it? If I, if you, you know, um, the Bible, you say spare the rod. 
hurt the child? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. if you spare the rod, you hurt the child. And I'm not saying to beat your child. I'm saying that you have to be stern mm-hmm. with them. Again, I'm not your friend. I am your parent, and I'm supposed to parent you. I'm supposed to make decisions. You may not like it. I can be friendly, but I'm not your friend. Uh, I think that they need to know that from the beginning. And the other part is respect. You call in a grown, I've never, like you heard me call Mr. Ziegler at 100 years old, Mr. Ziegler. I've never called mm-hmm. anybody older than me by their first name. My mom looked at me like I'm crazy even at my my old age. I knew I raised you a little bit better than that, didn't I? Because I would never, I, I just can't do that. But you got kids calling people Tony and, uh, you know, Tammy and Rodney that are like 14, 12, 13 years old. How about Mr. Rodney? How about Miss Tammy? How about Mr. Tony? Mm. That works. Um, <laughs> that's the first way you get respect because they think as my, what, as my, when my grandmother was 88 years old, 87 years old, somebody called my grandmother Amy, and she looked at me in her Panamanian way said, she must think me and her size. I started laughing. I knew exactly <laughs> what that meant. She said, you think we're the same age? I was like, my grandmother was no joke. I started laughing. So I looked at him. I said, uh, can you please call my grandmother Miss Amy or Miss Lloyd, or you may not want to talk to her. And the young girl looked at me like put her, pushed up her face. And I said, it's your choice. Uh, I would prefer you call and say, if you can't do either one, then I advise you not to even talk to her. And I, I, I stepped mm-hmm. up and said something. But every single time after that, hey, Miss Amy, Hey, Miss Amy, or hey, Miss Lloyd. But 99% of the time it was, hey, Miss Amy. She understood it. And if you hold that line, they know that they, they can't cross it, then they're okay with it. Kids want to know where the rules are. They want to know where the boundaries are. And once they know where the boundaries are, they're, they're okay with it. They may not like it, but they know that they're safe. If there's no boundaries, um, what are we doing? You know, mm-hmm. we have to have those boundaries with them and let them know that that her name is Miss Tammy, her name is Miss Miss his name is Mr. Rodney, your name is his name is Mr. Tony. And once you know those names, you should call them accordingly. But there's some people who don't believe in that. So they say, Oh, that's that's Tony. I'm looking at their parent, like, really? You know, mm-hmm. and I gotta say this too. Some people from the older generation, because I work with seniors, as you know this, I have never dealt with the most bunch of entitled seniors that I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're entitled, and they're spoiled, they're rude, and sometimes ignorant being rude. And I'm like, wow, really? Uh, First of all, in my household, you say please and thank you. If you don't, if you just talk to me without saying hello when you walk into a room, I will never. If I'm working on something, I have my head down. I will never lift my head up to talk to you, because my name, I do have a name. And once they say mm. my name, oh yeah, how are you doing? Good morning. And that's the way you should always. And I was raised to enter a room. You should always enter a room and say good morning. You know, I have one kid. One kid. One time, I was holding the door for him. They don't have to hold the door. I'm good. I'm looking at them like, really? <laughs> you don't have to hold the door. I'm good. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> then I watch them with their ladies, and I watch the ladies. They they have a lady walking behind them. They open the door, and they will, you know, 
they slam the door in their face or they're on a train or a bus and an older woman get on the bus, they don't give their seat, they're sitting there texting on their phone. I'm like, man, if you don't get your behind up, I get up and give them my seat. Little things mm-hmm. like that. That if if your parent and and some of them have their parents with them, their parents are standing up and they're sitting down. They're running to the seat to sit down, and their parents are getting on the on the, on the um on the train or the bus, and you're looking at them like, are you serious? So you're not gonna give up your seat for your parent, even though they've been working all day or have been providing you with food all you know food and clothing and shelter. It's a mentality, and the parents accept it. And like you said, Rodney, the kids are bored. I mean, Tammy, the kids are bored because their parents are bored. They're on the phone. Listen, I went to Carabas one time, and I watched this family of, of uh, a mom, a dad, and two children. And everybody was on their phone not having a conversation. I said, what kind of dinner, date, what kind of dinner with family is this? <laughs> everybody was just head down on the phone. Anytime I went out on a date with my girlfriend, the first two, the first thing we always did was we put the phone down. We did, we talked to each other, and we conversate with each other. And I can imagine what it's like going in their house and watching them eat dinner because they got to probably eat dinner the same way. Everybody's on their phone, and at some mm. point you have to be able to say, you know what? At this dinner table, there's no phones. We're going to talk to each other at dinner time and communicate. You know, I'll just say there was somebody told me one time, oh, well, I had this ex-boyfriend and he broke up with me by texting. I said, what? Yeah, he told me he was through with me by texting. I just looked at her and I was like, "Uh, that's different. (laughs) You mean to tell me he couldn't tell you to your face? I don't want to see you anymore. (laughs) But (laughs) But that's the kind of mentality we ha- that kids have but it's the same thing with the parents because a lot of the parents they do the same thing they're not very you know they're they're not going to be very vocal to one another sometimes and you know they may get in an argument and I've watched this before I watched the, a, a couple get into an argument guy pulled out his phone and started reading his phone because he didn't want to deal with it I'm like really so you pull out your phone how about continue to cut, talk it through have a conversation. But if you're going to change the behavior, it has to start with the kids. Going back to my original point, it has to start with them. you got to start it from there. And they got to know that you're willing to not spare the rod. That means that you're going to be stern with punishment. And then if I have to put you on punishment for a month or stick, stick your behind in the corner all day, I will. <laughs> and keep you there. You know, and, you know, oh, well, I, I can't I can't let my kid not play basketball because they won't because they won't go to school. I'm looking at them like I mean they won't do well in school. Uh, they're not doing well in school already, so why the heck are you still letting them play basketball? That is a that is a that is a uh, luxury activity for you to do. It is not your God given right to play basketball, baseball, football, soccer, whatever. You have no grades, you don't play. My mom told me that exactly. She said, and she did not care. This is the grade point average you need to have. What's my grade point average? Minimum 3.0. What? Okay, yep, minimum 3.0. You're not here to play basketball. You're here to get an education. And your point about education, Rodney, and I'm going, that's what leads me straight into this point, 
In school, they need to teach kids how to what? Add and subtract. You go to the grocery store, I give a person $10, and they look at it like it's foreign. If they don't have the number of how much money they're supposed to give back on the machine, I'm looking at this like you've got to be joking. They can't do it. I'm like, what are we raising, intellectual barbarians? Because I don't understand how you don't know how to do basic math, and they need to do money management courses in school, how to manage money. What's compound interest daily? What's interest? And why are we charged interest if you're giving a bank your money? How does money make money? They don't understand that. Now, I tell people point blank, I was blessed to have a mother who, was, who worked on Wall Street and worked in banking. <laughs> she worked at a federal funding department at Citibank for 25 years. She managed it. So she taught me all of that, how to manage money and how to understand what numbers mean. And how did how does this how does this help me, and and how to do short division, long division, multiplication tables, basic math, which will get you further than learning about trigonometry. You know, I learned trigonometry in high school. I've never used it yet. And <laughs> <laughs> probably never will. I, I never will. But I've used that basic math. Like if I buy something that is Let's say I'm just going to use a round number. If the if the big bottle of 24 ounces is six dollars, and this 18 ounce bottle is four dollars, is that cheaper or more expensive to buy two of those or one more of the bigger bottle? Little things like that. But I'm telling you, just the basic math of giving people change. I've had people give me back more change, so I had to give it back to them. I was like, excuse me, you gave me too much money back. And they look at me like, really? Yes, really. You gave me too much money. I don't understand how you don't don't know how to count. You know, it it, it amazes me. And don't get me wrong. They've been having these uh, cashier machines with this um, giving back change with the exact amount of change for years. But I remember when I was growing up, they didn't have that. You had to literally count. And then they came up with that, and that took away people from counting and giving back change. But I think a lot of businesses with people were giving back the incorrect change, so that's why they did that. But did that help them learn mm-hmm. how to count? You know, we can't, we can't wait till they get into preschool and kindergarten before they learn how to do basic math or know how to count their ones and twos and threes or the A's and B's and C's. We got to do that before they get there. So they're prepared so they can move on. Like Rodney said, you got to pass them through anyway with this No Child Left Behind Act, which that's another story. That's another topic for another time. (laughs) I disagree with it. You know, if you fail, you fail. And there was a time, Um, Tony, that you're a – Parents would have disagreed with it. There was a time where a parent would have said, no, he's going to stay or she's going to stay here and get this. You're not moving my child on. Exactly. You know, there was a time where that would have happened, where now it's like, oh, no, you're going to you're going to move my child on. You know, they don't think about it. It's just this, as long as it, it, it makes me feel good, look good, and I don't have to put much time or energy in it, they're good. 
think that's crazy. So, uh, mm. and you're right about mm. that 100%. Like the participation trophies. Well, my child's going to get a participation trophy for winning. Did they, I mean for losing? Really? So they lost every single game this year, but you're going to give them a trophy. <laughs> that <laughs> makes no sense to me. <laughs> I'm like that. That's crazy. But that's the mentality, and they're okay with that. Well, my child will never accept that. Uh, you give that right back to them. Why? Because you didn't earn it. What did you win? What did you accomplish? Did you win a championship? Or did you come in second or third place? No. Guess what? You don't need a trophy. That's that teaching you how to do is that it's acceptable to not win anything and you're being rewarded for not doing anything. Sorry, I don't believe in that. Mm. And they need, and sometimes kids need to hear the the real truth about that. You know, no, you don't need that. And we have a society of people, like you said, Tammy, who want, who would have said, no, you're not passing my child. You're going to keep him or her back because she or he needs to get this. Mm-hmm. And that's why they can't cope when they go out into the real world and they realize they can get fired from a job for being, you know. Late. <laughs> Just late. <laughs> late. <laughs> said late. Just late. Yeah. They look at you like, I don't have to be here, you know, just just show up. <laughs> and then they, they're on the phone. It's just like they're, they, yeah, they, yeah, just come to work. And then they'll they'll go outside and feel like it's okay for me to walk outside. I need to use my phone. It's like, okay, yep. wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I and I got, a quick, I, really, I got another quick, can I say one more thing? I got a quick story. There's sure. a guy who just got out of college. This is a few years ago, and he worked for this nice company. I can't tell you the name of the company because I don't want to get him, I get there, but he was working for them. He just got there working about two weeks. So every day around 1 to about 3 o'clock, they couldn't find him. They were searching for him. They couldn't find him. You know, they realized that he was disappearing. He was, you know what this guy was doing? He went actually into the locker room. Went into a real corner where nobody could find him, and he would sleep for two hours because that's what his routine was when he was at home and when he was in school. He would he would set a schedule where he could get a two hour nap. So he did a two hour <laughs> nap while he's on a clock working. Serious. So oh wow, uh, it was true. And so they found him, and they said, "What are you doing?" He said, "Well, I needed my nap." He said, "Okay, well, you got your nap and keep going." He said, "Take your stuff and keep leaving. You're fired." They fired him. But that's the mentality he had that I deserve a nap. He was, even though he was getting paid for working, it's crazy. <laughs> and this, and this, will, this will be somebody's, because it, it could be a girl as well, somebody's husband or wife and then someone's father or mother. Yep. Like this mentality goes into building a family. Um, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, with that <laughs> with that thought process, how do you do that? Yeah. That made me think about before I answer the question uh, that Tammy um, asked. Um, that made me think about uh, when I was uh, working in the warehouse uh, back in college, and you know, the supervisor came up and you know, well, what is what is he doing? Oh, he's sleeping. Oh, wake him up. Nope. Because as long as he's asleep, he has a job. But as soon as he wakes up, he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. 
But anyway, back to back to Tammy's uh, original question. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know how to answer the question because um, we're going to need a serious movement. I'm talking like MLK type movement um, and maybe even greater if we're going to change the, uh, where we are as a society. We're going to change this privileged, entitled, selfish mentality. We're going to need a massive movement because you know, let's say I teach my child, um, you know, the value of education, the value of money. If I, you know, if I am, you know, uh, that parent who is uh, firm, uh, that parent who, you know, is consistent and, you know, I teach my child, you know, the truth and I teach my child the value of hard work and honesty and things like that. What happens to my child who has to live in a world where no one else is living like that. That that mm-hmm. takes that's gonna take somebody who's gonna say, you know what, I have this in me and I'm going to go out and I'm going to start a movement. I'm going to work my butt off and I might be like Martin Luther King and not really see the the fruits of my labor. Like it's gonna take, you know, some some child who is being raised in, in let's say the correct way, right? With uh uh with parentheses around I mean with quotes around it, like it's gonna take somebody somebody's child to go out and like actually push for that because right now we are in a terrible spot. We're we're in a terrible spot when people think that, you know, they can get away with, you know, just taking a nap on on the clock or they can um, show up to work late or leave early, you know, just because they can or, you know, just because of who they know or, you know, just because they feel like it. Like, we are in a terrible spot. But I can tell you what, what you know, what we do uh, with my daughter. Um, and, you know, we were we were laughing about this the other day, my wife and I, because obviously – you know, parents are, are, are never going to do things the same. And, you know, Tamaria is always talking about, you know, how it's very hard for her to get Nadia to go to sleep because we try to put her in the bed at 8 o'clock. And Tamaria, it's usually a very difficult time when Tamaria puts her um, puts her in the bed. However, with me, Nadia goes like she's with, she's asleep within 5 to 10 minutes. And I said to Tamaria, well, the difference is, you know, from what I see is that, you know, when I put Nadia in the bed, like there is nothing. Like I, I, I will turn on the cartoons and then, you know, she's out. But the only thing going is the TV. Nadia knows Nadia has to lay in the bed. There's no talking. We're not laughing. My phone is not there. Nothing. And even if Nadia tries to get out of the bed, I just grab her and just put her back down. I don't even say anything. Um, if she tries to, you know, play around, nope, nothing. I don't I don't entertain anything she does. Whereas my wife will talk to her. She'll laugh with her. You know, she does things. You know, my wife will, you know, start, you know, she'll start laughing and, 
or like you know Nadia go to sleep like there's like there's all or my wife will be on the phone or you know something like that so there's always something constant going on and so you know there's a difference there and so you know we talk about it she's like you know what that's exactly why she doesn't go to sleep you know because there's so much going on and so I think that you know for me when it comes to uh, my my own child the way that I plan to raise her is you know, take what I was given growing up and then, you know, adding the things that I learned myself um, through my own, you know, trials and tribulations of life um, and using that and instilling those things in my daughter and hoping that she will take that and hopefully, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, be able to share those things with, you know, her friends and, you know, when she when she did, does have kids um, much later in life, you know, pass those things down. But I think we have to get back to the old school way. It has to be, you know, not necessarily, um, you know, um, like I think it should be if I say no, it is no. But I often find that kids do better if we – tell them why we are saying no, like explain to them, like, yes, because I said so, but at the same time, explain to them so that they are educated, so that they are informed, you explain to them, hey, this is why I'm saying you can't go here. This is why I'm saying, um, you know, you are going to bed at this time. Not you know, and giving like giving them reasons. Like I think we fail to 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 educate our kids, and so for me, I think it's just about being honest. And one of the things that I used to tell the kids when I was a classroom teacher was, take a look at your life, and no matter how good or bad you think it is, what are some things that you know would improve it. And those are the things that you should be focused on. If you don't like your life, then you should be working now to change it. If you don't like the current state of our government, what are you doing now to change it? And I think you keep that same message. If you don't like the way churches are ran, what are you doing to change it? If you don't like, you know, the neighborhood, if you don't like the parking situation, what are you doing to change it? So I think we we have to challenge them. And I think we have to be honest with them. They don't need to think that we don't make mistakes. They don't need to think that um, we've never done anything wrong. I think parents uh, and adults, period, make that mistake in that we act like the first, like when kids do things, we act like we never did anything wrong. And we talk, instead of talking with them, a lot of times we tend to talk down to children. But children need discipline, they need structure, they need consistency, and I think all of those things fall under love. Tammy, I'm going to turn it back over to you uh, before we get some final remarks from Tony. Um, I totally, totally agree. You made me think about um, Neil deGrasse. I don't know if you guys have followed him. I know um, much about him, but I was listening to one of, I think he was on Impact Theory, and I was listening to him speak there, and he was speaking about um, seeing a mother come walking in the rain with her son. They both are geared up, prepared for this type of weather, 
and he sees this puddle of water, and he says, oh, my gosh, I hope she does not um, keep him from, from, from just jumping in that, in that puddle of water. And it made me think about, I'm, I'm always talking about Miss Early, how she really helped me just be that parent that did not say stop, no. Now, that doesn't mean we don't say that. But sometimes we we take the imagination and the experience from the child, even down to, you know, that puddle of water. We're so worried about the clothes. I have to go home and what I have to do. But that is an experience with water. It kind of goes back to me knowing the washing machine and the dryer was part of the house and what it did in order to make that home. So in, in parenting, don't – because I think – I have the saying, kids are people too, and they deserve, if we want that respect, then they need to get it on their level. Of course, we don't let them run the house, but that if I had to say, you know, on any age, like like Tony was saying, you know, kids today, they walk in your house they, they, with their parents. They won't speak. Like, you don't walk in my house and you don't say, hey, Miss Tammy, or something. And he is so right. I've been talking to parents on the, on the phone in their cars, and their children are in there. I can't hear what they're saying because their children, their children, teenagers, are blasting their radio. Like, you're in my car. I'm on my phone. I take care of you, but you turn my radio up when I'm on the phone, and I can't hear my conversation. That, that wow. We got a problem. So that that's insane to me. But we are so caught up in, in being our children's friends and not hurting their feelings and all of that until they even lose respect for us. <clears throat> so, of course, they're going to not have it for, for the next person that comes along, whether she's 80 or he's 80 or 50. They don't have it. So we have to really change the game with ourselves first. Because, again, that child, you said it best one night, Rodney, when talking about Zolly, my grandbaby, and your baby, how they want what they see us with. We, You can go buy the toys. So they are really sponges. Like, they are looking. So if you sit down and read a book, even with your child, six, seven, eight, nine months, a year old, guess what they're going to do? Like, before Zolly turned one, she's turning the pages in a book. Not reading, of course, but she's making mouth. She's knowing, she has watched us get something off of those pages, and she's mimicking that. So our children are a reflection of, of what they see us do at a ver- very young age. Very young age. So it's like someone said, it starts there. And you have to start from the womb now, like I once you, the day you find out that you're pregnant, you need to start reading to that baby, talking to that baby, proper English, you know. So yep. it's so much that we can do, so much that we can do to change the trajectory of this. So much we can do for parents who are listening, whether you're a couple or single mother, single father. It doesn't matter. You can start where you are. And change the game and be verbal about why do we need to not why do we need a do over why do we need to start over and go from there so Tony thank you I have to jump off right now I hope you got my text I do have to jump off so I'm going to let you guys have it stay as long as you want I'm not going to disconnect but I do have to get, get off of Tony thank you welcome back and come back anytime okay 
Thank you for having me, Tammy. Yes, and I definitely will okay. come back. <laughs> we're, okay. we're about to get off um, as well. Uh, Tony, uh, one more time, uh, will you give out the information uh, regarding the Zumba classes um, in case someone uh, wants to tune in? Okay, so if they want to like my page, it's uh, on Instagram, it's Tony Salsa Prince. Just like my page, it's a public page. My other public page is called Zumba Tony Salsa Prince on Facebook. And like the page and everything that I do, uh, whether it's classes or whatever, I do post them, especially now that we can't do teach the class with people. So when I teach this virtual class, hopefully on Saturday, uh, I will post it beforehand and I'll keep posting it. And um, if you have if you have any questions, you can message me either through Instagram or, or Facebook. Um, you'll see me on there, and I will you know I will respond as soon as I can. So, but I will do say that. But yeah, um, I'm, I I know my 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 students have Zumba fever right now, and they would <laughs> they want to teach they want to class. So I have to go ahead and and uh, provide them with that at least once a week. I'm going to try to do it at least twice, but definitely once a week. I understand, brother. I understand. I do want to uh, give a shout-out to one of my colleagues who has uh, tuned in tonight. I don't want to say her her name because um, uh, she did not give me permission to say her name, so I don't want to say her name. But um, you know who you are. We, We really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we hope it will it will not be the last time you you get to tune in uh, with us, um, Tony. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. We hope that you'll come back uh, sometime soon. Um, I, know thank, you, I know you. I know you got Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, get your perspective on things. I think you're very um, a very. Uh, powerful uh speaker i think you've uh you're very motivational and i think you you know how to um get your message across um effectively so uh thank you so much for for joining us and uh we'll definitely invite you back soon to all of you guys out there listening we appreciate you whether you are listening live or whether you you will listen to uh this show at a later date and time because all of our shows are archived we appreciate you guys so much Uh, Until next uh, week, please stay safe, please be healthy, and please be smart. Good night, everybody.
But I know 